Welcome to St. Louis on the Air. I'm Sarah Fenske. For eight years, the St. Louis Fringe Fest has brought challenging, provocative, and sometimes even bizarre theater to the city, and this year's festival promises to be better than ever. With 27 acts across six days and venues both in and outside Grand Center, it's a low-fuss testing ground for experimental theater and a chance for audiences to try a whole lot of new things in one whirlwind week. Joining us in studio are Matthew Kearns, the executive director of St. Lou Fringe Fest, and Shannon Geyer, a playwright whose work Check-In will serve as this year's local headline act. Matthew, I understand this all goes back to Edinburgh, 1947. Can you tell us a little bit about the original Fringe Festival? Sure. So Edinburgh Fringe Festival happened because there were a group of artists that were told they weren't good enough to be in the Edinburgh Theatre Festival. And so they took their work and they went on the outskirts or the fringe of the Edinburgh Theatre Festival and they made the Edinburgh Fringe Festival, which is now, 70 some odd years later, more popular than the Edinburgh Theatre Festival. (laughs) <laughs> and how, uh, how did we end up with a version here in St. Louis? So that spawned a movement that actually became global. And we ended up with this eight years ago now. We started a fringe festival and we called on our grassroots artists, those who are kind of at the forefront of making m- the most cutting edge work here in the city and asked them to come forth and fill our stages with content. And now we're eight years later and hundreds of artists through our festival. And most of the theater companies that you know have gone through our festival or started there, and uh, we couldn't be happier. So the Post-Dispatch once described Fringe Fest by writing, it's theater if you put no limits on what theater might be. No limits? No limits. Literally not. Nothing. (laughs) You you can do whatever you want. You can just get up there and strip and... You can. So as a matter of fact, this year, our late night headline act is is an aerial burlesque show. And they called me and they said, uh, Matt, we have a question. I was like, yeah, what's up? And she paused and she was kind of hemming and hawing about it. And she was like, we would like to be topless during it. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's fine. <laughs> There's Two no problem up. there. Let's do it. <laughs> yeah, I was like, if that's what you want to do, just, you know, keep it inside. But everything is good and everything is welcome because the idea of a fringe festival is that it is uncensored and unjuried. So we offer opportunity where opportunity is not given anywhere else in this region. So if you have a piece of work that you are passionate about that is very experimental, we are the place for that to be done. But it still has to be theater, right? I mean, you can't just go swing on a pole, not to keep obsessing over this this nudity example. but <laughs> It doesn't necessarily have to be theater. Okay. We are a multidisciplinary festival. So this year we have two poets inside of it. We have three dance acts inside of it. We have Artica that's bringing a piece of performance art and a sculptural garden and the tiny totem parade and uh, everything else in between. Okay, so very... (laughs) Improv, yeah, improv Improv. always. Yeah, so very wide gamut here. Um, That's, you know, there's some things here that are a little lighter. On the heavier side, I understand there's also some theater that is very serious and really has some topicality. Shannon, can you tell us a little bit about the play that, that you wrote for this year's festival? The play that we're doing with Because Why Not Theater Company is called Check In, and we're looking at immigration and how it affects one specific family in the United States. Okay. Is this a a anti-Trump, highly political take on this, or is it more of a gentle sitcom look at immigration? It's somewhere in the middle. (laughs) Yeah, we don't do a lot of gentle sitcom. (laughs) That's what theater's for, right? (laughs) It it can be, certainly. (laughs) At Because Why Not Theater Company, we like to do things that are topical, things Mm -hmm. that will have people leaving, thinking about and talking about what they saw. 
you know, funny, entertaining. It doesn't tend to be the words that are used, but definitely topical is something that we are striving for because certainly with what's going on in our country right now, we feel like theater is a wonderful way to address that. Mm-hmm. And Shannon is a prolific playwright. She doesn't give herself much credit, so I'll yeah. do it for her. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Uh, Shannon's been in our festival. This is the fourth year in a row. It and is. Every year, Shannon brings a different play to the table, and every year that play is successful because it's on the pulse of what's happening. It's very timely, and it's always really well written. Okay. So, so it made sense that she would be the headline act this oh, year. Well, Tell me what that means to, to be the headline act. So what that means is we're looking for something that's accessible, something that's on the pulse of what's happening in our country. And we're looking for something that gets people down to go, I really want to see that play. And while they're here, we want to entice them to go try something a little more experimental as well. So they've come to see Check In, which is Shannon's play. And then they're going to bounce over and see Creatively Seeking, which is three artists, an aerial artist, a live painter, and a photographer coming together in one space to collaborate and see what comes out of being together for an hour while an audience is watching. Okay. And how does that work for the audience then? Once they have a ticket for the festival, they can just go to anything they want? They can buy a festival pass. So we have a hopper pass that will get you into five different shows, or they can buy individual tickets. Okay. And the idea of a play like Shannon's, this is going to be the one that, that helps bring people in. Tell me what about this play appealed to you? Uh, you know, the thing that appeals to me is that it's what's on our uh, in our dialogues every day, in mm-hmm. our workplace, in our around our kitchen tables. People are talking about immigration. And so when Shannon decided to make this play, it really made sense to me that this would be something people would want to come and see. And it's so interesting because there is another play inside of the festival called Adios Aliens that is also about immigration. Oh, wow. So yeah. that's that's really on people's minds this year. Oh, quite a lot. Can you give us a, a couple other examples of, of plays this year where art has sort of been inspired by life or, or by the political situation right now? So there's one called Crawling with Monsters that's coming from Texas. Uh, it's by a group called Latino Theater Initiatives. And I don't know what it's about because <laughs> like the Fringe, so we have our headline acts and we have some invited artists, but everybody else comes out of the fishbowl. So we pull them out of a fishbowl and the work, the stage is theirs to do. So, and when you say you pull them out of a fishbowl, it's it's a random drawing of as, who makes it in. As random as they get. Wow. So I could be a top tier. I could be Neil LeBute himself and not yes, get chosen. That's right. <laughs> has that happened? Where it you... has. We've had artists who have said, well, I don't want to be put on the same platform as somebody who's just out of a fishbowl. And it's like, but this is the only place where they will be put on that caliber and that level with you. And it's an equal playing field to get the space. So it is one of the most important things about our organization is the lottery. Mm-hmm. And it brings us people like the Latinx, uh, the Latinx initiative that's bringing Crawling with Monsters. Um, and it also brings us our trans revolution. So uh, Joan Lipkin and that uppity theater company is coming this year. And we're doing a free community event that's one day on Sunday afternoon where Joan's been working with our trans community here to tell their personal stories and develop them into essays for the stage that they're going to perform. We're talking with Matthew Kearns, the executive director of the St. Louis Fringe Festival, and playwright Shannon Geyer, whose immigration-themed play, Checking In, is this year's local spotlight. Shannon, going back to your play here, why did you choose Checking In as the name of this this act? The play, Check-In, is, it deals with the story of a dreamer and her mother, 
And these are uh, a young person who was brought to the country. Correct. Um, Someone who was brought to the country illegally mm-hmm. by their parent at a very young age. So sort of grew up American. Correct. But without Correct. having the proper paperwork. Correct. Mm-hmm. Correct. And also the fact that so many people do have to have like a check-in with immigration, with the government. So it was basically a long time ago, I got a writing prompt and said, write about a character that is isolated by their dream. And that's where the idea sort of came from. So the idea that these people have to check in. And for a lot of, for a long time, it was, you show up, nothing's happened in the last year, the last six months, you haven't been arrested. Okay, come back in six months. And again, things have just gotten a lot more Scary, I guess, is the is the right word now because there there really isn't any rhyme or reason to it. We're trying to get a little bit of a sense of the chaos going on right now because what is said by a government agency or even the president the next day is turned around by somebody else, and then the courts are involved, and so mm-hmm. it's it's kind of a scary time, definitely. Did you end up having to revise the script at all because current events had <laughs> sort of caught you off guard? Oh yes, that's that's what I kept telling Matt every day. I was like, it, there's just too much. There's too much. I finally had to say, okay, this is the cutoff point. And <laughs> we'll set this do, in early 2019. Right. Exactly. Like <laughs> exactly. And trying to find out, you know, what's going on. And the research is, is actually very fascinating and depressing just because I knew certainly something, but, but diving deep into it, that's probably my favorite thing about playwriting is doing all the research and finding out things that I didn't realize before. So you can't just wing it. You have to learn about the immigration system and, and what yes. doesn't work. Yeah. Did right. you find your own politics changing a little bit based on what you learned? No. Okay. (laughs) I doubled down and I actually became more political and things I never did in the past, like posting things on social media. I'm like, nope, nope, nope. This is this is terrible. This is a disgrace. (laughs) My opinion, of course. But no, definitely doubled down on my politics. (laughs) Matthew, let's go back to that idea of the fishbowl that that you were talking about. Um, Has a a company ever been plucked out of the proverbial fishbowl who was completely not ready for prime time? Have disasters happened at Fringe Fest? I think I want to call them experiments. <laughs> uh, You've definitely got the verbiage down. Sure. We've had some things that haven't gone so well. Yeah. Can and, you give us an example? Oh, golly. I don't want to because someone <laughs> might be get cruel. really upset with yeah. me. I would say that there are definitely works in progress, things that are not done. But Mm -hmm. that's part of it. To me, Fringe is always a garden. Mm -hmm. And so we're giving you this empty plot of land to plant a seed and water it and watch it grow and give it sunlight. And we're finding these works at all stages. So the guy who's coming as our national headline act this year Mm -hmm. is has been at our our festival the last two years developing a piece called Pollock, a frequency parable, uh, which is a very kind of out there piece of performance art where we're watching Jackson Pollock videos and he's making kind of tribal sounds and singing a little bit and speaking some words into a very echoey microphone. It's amazing. And and wearing like a duster coat. Uh, I I hope I don't look too skeptical because (laughs) that could either be amazing or whoa. Well, check this. So then what happens is last year he's back. He called and said, could I come back again? I've I've worked on it a little bit. And I was like, yeah, cool. We made some space for him. But he came from the fishbowl originally. And last year, a producer saw him here and said, you know what? I'd like you to take this up to to off-Broadway in January. So he had an off-Broadway run this last year. And is that unusual that that something that would come out of this would end up going that big? Um, No. 
Actually, there are, so if you look at fringe festivals, Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are dead. The play came from a fringe festival. Jerry Springer, the opera came from a fringe festival. So many works come from fringe that elevate to different levels. So once people have that freedom, some of them are doing some amazing things there. Right. So Matt's coming back this year as our national headline act, and he is going to be bringing a new piece of performance art called Hems and Oscillations. And can you give us any idea of what Hems and Oscillations is going to be about? I have zero ability to tell you what it is, except that I know it will be awesome and interesting, for sure. That's great that you can you can trust your performers. Um, Shannon is somebody who has both now been a veteran of multiple years of, of Fringe Fest, but has also worked in a more normal theater setting. What's the biggest adjustment to doing things under these conditions? I feel like most years the biggest adjustment is probably the time limitation because typically you have an hour. That is what you have is an hour. So that can be a little bit of a what's the word I'm looking for? It can be a challenge at times and it can also be something, right, it also gives you structure and, you know, Mm -hmm. I only have this hour. We we feel very lucky that as the headlining act, we have a little bit more time for our piece. But that is something that, you know, you definitely have to adjust to. And I think that it's just great that what Matt was talking about before is that once you have your space, once you're picked out of the fishbowl, what you do is up to you. And mm-hmm. and we get the look that you're giving a lot going, Any, <laughs> anything? Really? Anything? Yes. The first year I was at Fringe as a volunteer, there was a guy spinning plates. Yep. And, and it was wonderful. People loved it. They brought their kids and they brought, we definitely have parental advisories on some of our shows. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's a wonderful place to do what you want to do in this space and it it doesn't matter and I find that there's always an audience for whatever kind of art you want to perform. And just just to jump on that, we also have a family series. So we have young artists coming in and people coming in who make art for young people. We have a whole series that you can walk through with your family and you can see Debut Theater Company, which is a company completely run by kids, coming in to do a a cabaret show. You can see musical, improvised musical fairy tales. Um, Those are family friendly this year. Heather Bird is coming in with her poetry. That's family friendly. So Oba Williams King is a poetic storyteller. He's coming in from Texas uh, to tell two family stories and one not so family story. Interesting. <laughs> and so if people are interested in, in figuring out the family-friendly aspect of it, they could find all that on your website. Every single thing. Okay. Uh, Matt, what, what is going to be different this year from past years, other than a complete roster of new performances? <laughs> yeah, it's a little different every year. Uh, this year, there are two things that are different, really. One, we've taken it from two weeks to one week because we wanted that pressure cooker back that is a fringe festival. You wanted the pressure cooker we back. We wanted it back. We're the rare occurrence that we want that pressure back. <laughs> There's something magical to all of that moving, constant movement in a week's time. Mm-hmm. So we took the festival and compressed it into six days. And it's just a pressure cooker that we're so excited about. And in how many uh, of the past years you were doing it more over a two week? Over 10 days. Okay. So we've really only trimmed off a couple of days, but we've we've got the same number of acts. So we have 27 acts in the festival this year. Okay. And yes, you can see all of them if you work really hard at it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no time slot duplications. Nope. Okay. And then the other thing that's exciting this year and tragic at the same time is our opening night celebration that we always do is Tuesday, August 13th at 7 o'clock at the Dotsack Theater. And uh, we are honoring uh, our fallen fringe artist, Kevin Lamb. Can you tell me a little bit about Kevin? I can. So Kevin uh, was in the fringe a couple of years ago. He had a piece called Mustache Across America. So Kevin was into long range bike riding, feeding the homeless, 
and facial hair. And so, right. so it's a great combination. <laughs> totally. So he plotted a path, a bike path across the United States in the shape of a mustache. And, right. I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. That's what my artists do. I'm yeah. so proud of them. Yeah. But he was like, this I have to do. He plots this this mustache across America and he stops at points and he talks to people and interviews them about his their, about their facial hair. And then he puts it all together in a show. And this is the a, show a mustache themed show or a facial hair. Yeah, theme totally. Show. And uh, he was very into helping the homeless and feeding the homeless. And he was traveling last year um, doing some of his work. And there was an accident and he was killed. Oh, my. And so I went to his wake and I met his folks. And I said, Look, we'd really like to honor him if you're into that. And they said, Of course we are. And so we have put together a night like you wouldn't believe. Um, first of all, we're asking everybody who attends the festival to bring a non perishable food item. We're going to stack them all up. And hopefully it's going to be a big old pile because at the end of the festival, we're going to donate them to a food bank in Kevin's name. And secondly, uh, what we're doing that night is we've partnered with the St. Louis Beard and Mustache Club and their friends show me stash rides. And they are bringing their teeter-totter that looks like a mustache to park out front. And we're giving away fake mustaches. And we're going to have our opening night ritual. We're going to honor Kevin. Kevin's dad and family are going to speak. And then we're going to show Intervals, which won the Fringe Festival's coveted title of Fringe Meister last year. And uh, it is actually a one-woman show about homelessness. Okay, so that I mean that's very much in keeping then with very his interests so. and his legacy. Yes, that's great. And so that's going to be the opening night kickoff. That's the opening night kickoff on Tuesday the thirteenth at seven o'clock at the Dotsack Theater. Okay, tell me about this Fringe Meister. What what is the Fringe Meister? The Fringe Meister is the highest award a local <laughs> artist can win of any award out there in the universe. <laughs> <laughs> Holly, please tell me you have several Fringe Meisters. I do not. (laughs) So every year um, it is decided that one show is the fringiest of the fringe and it is awarded a the title so it really comes with a hat that the previous fringe meister makes and gives to the next one it comes with a journal that is passed down from fringe meister to fringe meister and it comes with bragging rights okay and when you say the fringiest of the fringe this is not meant to be the the pulitzer prize winning drama this is meant to be the craziest piece or not necessarily necessarily. so last year it was jackie chambers who is mill hill productions production of intervals which was it is a beautiful piece it's a one-woman show about a homeless situation and it's just beautifully riveting and heartfelt um the year before it was taylor grunlow from tesseract theater company and he had uh, a show called hot for t-rex which was about dino sex uh, yes. Sounds properly Frenchy. Dino erotica. Is that Dino, Dino erotica, erotica, right, yes. Shannon? Dino erotica. So this, there, it's <laughs> a thing. Be. Go look it up. It's a real thing. Dino erotica. I didn't know about it. Now I do. But it's this really funny, really, like, really bizarre show where you're like, okay, yes, but this woman was writes Dino erotica and she's killing all the people who ever criticized her work because now she's famous and she goes and kills them. <laughs> so uh, that's I, a fringe meister. Yeah, exactly, if right. One. And so it just goes on and on. Uh, the list of people. This year will be the sixth or seventh Fringe Meister, and we don't know who it will be. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Well, I, I guess I just have one last question for you, and that is, what is Act Your Pants Off? Actually, second question there, uh, and should we be alarmed? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> I always start it by going, oh, God, I don't know what's going to happen this time. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> um, so 
It is a celebration of burlesque. Okay. Actor Pants Off is the one fundraiser we do a year. And this is an annual thing. It's an annual thing. We do it every year. We ask local St. Louis actors to take their pants off for a good cause, the Fringe. Literally take their pants Literally. off. Literally. So they it's two rounds. They come in. In the first round, they are given a monologue that we've selected for them. And they have to be prepared to perform it 30 minutes after we give it to them. Oh, wow. <laughs> like with off, off script and the like. Re- performance ready, as we say. Okay. So it's performance ready. If they have to call for line, they have to remove an article of the clothing. <laughs> um, if it sucks, they have to remove an article of clothing. <laughs> if they get, like, the judges give them some feedback. If they don't take it well, they have to remove clothes. And ev- the audience throws dollar bills into buckets. And whoever gets the most dollar bills at the end of that round gets their own burlesque dance on the stage by themselves. <laughs> That's the prize? That's, That's the what, prize. You yeah. win. Yeah, the <laughs> actors are like vying to do it. Man, actors are a different breed. Yeah, they right. <laughs> I imagine if they tried this with playwrights, it wouldn't be quite so popular. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we have actors fighting to get in the door every year to do it. It's like a St. Louis rite of passage at this point to be an actor pants off. Oh, okay. Well, on that note, I don't know that we can possibly top that. <laughs> so <laughs> I want to thank Matthew and Shannon for being here with us today in the studio. Thank you. Th- thank you, you so much. <laughs> That was Matthew Kearns, executive director of the St. Lou Fringe Fest and playwright Shannon Geyer. The festival gets underway tomorrow with 27 acts across six days and venues both in and outside of Grand Center. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU.